I am touching these trees. I am breathing these trees. I find their leaves in my hair every night. I am one with these trees. <laughs> it's a very intimate relationship. That's my friend, Zayma Kasahoon. She and I have been friends since we were in kindergarten, which is crazy. I think the reason we've been friends for so long is because, one, we're both really weird. This is This American Life. <laughs> WNYC Studios. <laughs> yes. I'm Terry Gross. I'm Terry Gross. And this is Invisibilia. <laughs> and two, we're both in the environmental and conservation world. Zema works as a community planting manager for a nonprofit organization in the Presidio of San Francisco called Friends of the Urban Forest, or FUF. FUF has planted more than 60,000 trees, totaling almost half of the city's street tree canopy. Their mission is to help individuals and neighborhood groups plant and care for street trees and sidewalk gardens in San Francisco in order to improve the city by beautifying neighborhoods, cleaning the air, and reducing polluted stormwater runoff. About every month, FUF employees gather with a consistent group of dedicated volunteers and host planting days, where, after much coordination and planning, trees are planted in previously identified sidewalk spaces. I met Zayma at one of these planting days and left my home in Tahoe super early in the morning to meet her about four hours away in San Francisco. This may seem like a pretty straightforward episode, but you'll soon find out that not everyone actually wants a tree in front of their house. We'll talk green gentrification, the need for more diversity in environmental professions, and more, as Zayma drives me around the city and explains the intricacies of her job. My name is Serena Simons, and this is the Eyes on Conservation podcast. Apologies in advance for all the laughter. So I am, let's see, 10 minutes out. I've been driving for over three hours from Tahoe to San Francisco, and I'm on my way to meet my friend Zayma. And she is doing some cool stuff which we talk about, hopefully, if I get there. Um, the GPS she gave me sent me not where I was supposed to be, so um, I had to cross the bridge, get into the city, and now I'm trying to navigate while recording, which is not easy. Um, it's cloudy, traffic's not terrible. And for the most part, people haven't been uh, asshole drivers, so bonus. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, I got to turn. If someone will let me scratch that, asshole drivers. They're here. Okay. I think I'm in the right place. We're in a little neighborhood. It's cute. Oh, yep. Cool. Yay! <laughs> there she is. <laughs> Where should I park? Anywhere? Okay. Okay. I'm gonna start grabbing steaks. Is that alright? Yeah. Okay. This way, we let them start to move in the wind with less support. It's like a brace instead of like. 
Hi. Hi. Hello. This is this American life. WNYC Studios. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm Terry Gross. I'm Terry Gross. And this is Invisibility. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in Zima's work truck. It's really nice. This is our nicest truck. I try to take it as often. <laughs> so tell me about where we're leaving, where we just were, and where we're headed. All right, so we are at one of our community planting events. They happen twice a month in low or disadvantaged neighborhoods in the city of San Francisco. We got two grants, one from the city and one from the state, in order to plant trees in every available space in the city of San Francisco. So in 2016, Proposition E was passed and it took ownership of the sidewalks from the property owners to the city. And so what that did, it, it took ownership and liability of anything that happens on the sidewalk away from the property owners. So now the city has jurisdiction over what can happen on the sidewalks. This also includes the trees. So that's what we're doing. We come out every two weeks and we plant trees. It's about a three-month process in order for one of these community planting events to happen. The way that the morning starts is we all meet at 8 a.m. Um, at a specific location. We ask homeowners in the neighborhood to let us house our trees in their backyards overnight. So the trees are already on site for the day of the planting. So we all assemble in the neighborhood at 8 a.m. We load up the trees and trucks and then we put the trees where they will be planted so that our volunteers, all of our trees are planted by volunteers. We have anywhere from 30 to 100 volunteers at any event. Um, and they go and they walk out to their trees that are being planted. They plant the trees and we go around and check on them just to make sure everybody has water. They have all the tools they need. If they have any questions about pruning, um, about any logistics in terms of planting, then we they'll call us. We'll stop by and check on them. Um, right now, we're just driving around and see to see if we can find any of them and see if anyone has any questions. So that's what we're doing right now. We can have anywhere from 30 to 100. Today, we probably have probably like 30, actually. This is one of the smaller plantings because we're almost done in this neighborhood. So we don't need that many volunteers. And, oh, we have uh, some volunteers. Some volunteers. Cool. Hey, Ray. Hi. How's it going? Good. You guys need anything? Need any water? You good? All right. Good luck out there. <laughs> so we just ran into one of our groups. So all of our groups of volunteers are led by planting leaders. And so I just said hi to Ray. He has been planting with us for, I think, 15 years. Wow. And he comes out to almost every event that we have. Um, so they are a special group of our volunteers who come to our office and do a special training. And they are experts in planting trees. So we always entrust them with all of our volunteers so if you want to volunteer with the friends that you're before us you don't know you don't need to come knowing how to plant a tree like we will teach you on the spot awesome and we here we have another group okay exiting the vehicle so what kind of tree is this this is a tristania a small leaf tristania hey stephanie how's it going so, uh, so he is hammering in our cross braces right now. Um, all of our trees are supported with these wooden cross braces. And then we have the labels that create them. 
This one says, funding for this tree was provided by government agencies, foundations, corporations, and individuals like you. So it's the Department of Public Works. They give us a lot of our money. <laughs> and then uh, the other people are Cal Fire. It's the California oh, nice. Department of Forestry and Fire Protection. Nice. Yeah. So how do you guys select the types of trees that go in these plots? So we pick our species from the list that the city provides. So the city has this running list of tree species that they plant and they kind of filter out trees that cause a lot of sidewalk damage that have gotten into people's utilities or trees that just don't do well in this climate. This is San Francisco. It never had trees to begin with. It's a giant sand dune. So it's really hard to find trees that can survive here. So the city has like a very specific list of trees they will plant. Um, but then Cal Fire, our other grant, has an even smaller list of trees because they're fire protection. So they're specifically picking trees that are drought resistant and that can deal with fires. So we plant a lot of like Mediterranean or Australian species, trees that just like can survive terrible, terrible habitats. Um, so then like on an individual basin basis, that's up to the planting manager. And so that's my job. So I go around and I'll like find available spaces on the sidewalk, depending on very strict rules set by the city. So the sidewalk has to be a certain width. Um, the basin has to be a certain size. It can't interfere. We have to be a certain distance away from utility lines. If we have high overhead voltage, we have to take that into account. Um, but then the actual tree species itself, that's dependent on more climactic variables. So if we're on an east-west street, the wind will blow east to west here. So we have to pick trees that are, like, really wind tolerant. This is San Francisco. It is so windy. <laughs> wow, I didn't even think about that. San Francisco's weird because... <laughs> It's we have microclimates too, so we have like areas that have like really salty wind. We have areas that have like very clay soils. We have ones that are very sandy soils. So it the trees that we can plant change from like neighborhood to neighborhood. So like maybe we can plant a Tristania here, but like we couldn't plant one like five blocks away. It's so weird. <laughs> you have to be very specific. Mm. You have to take into account how tall the tree gets, mm. how wide it spreads. Um, we have to make sure the sidewalk is still. Um, it's still like a, a viable path for people who have disabilities right. or in wheelchairs. So there's a lot to take into account. It's kind of hard to pick a tree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I like it. It looks really good. Thanks. Yeah. They, they did a great job. Yeah, they did. <laughs> it looks so beautiful. So what's the, um, like the success rate of plantings? Like, do you guys have pretty good success rate? Like survival. Survival, like yeah. Um, so assuming that there aren't any issues with watering, I would say it's about a 70% success rate um, if they're not watered. Bye-bye trees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, happened. it's happened to my plantings before where I saw that they're not getting watered and a lot of my trees died. It sucks. But we also have a replacement tree program. <laughs> so if your tree dad gives us a call, <laughs> we'll come out and replant it. Go down and there. Okay, so all these trees, I'm, we're like walking the sidewalk, and there's plots in the cement. Yep. So have you? Did you guys open up the cement? Is yes. that okay? Okay. So the first step is we have our outreach team go out, and they knock on every door on the block. They'll let people know what we're doing. So we don't require homeowner um, approval for trees. We can plant 
any way we want, but we just like to invite invite them to the process because we are a community-based organization. So, like, we want people that live in the neighborhood to plant their own tree or, like, have a say in where the tree goes or what species they pick because we're not planting for us. We're planting it for them. Hey, Sam. All is well? Do you need anything? Does anyone need any water? Good? All right. Yeah, thanks. Um, about two weeks after that, so that people have time to mull it over and give us a call if they have any questions, we come out and, um, like me or whoever's project it is, will go out by themselves and walk the blocks that the outreach have knocked on doors. And then they will look and assess the property to see if we can actually plant a tree there. Um, if we can, we mark it out with white chalk and then call the city and the city will come out and have the utilities inspected. So they'll come out and mark on the sidewalk, like where the gas lines are, where water lines are. And then we come back after that. And if there are like water lines interfering in the basin, we'll take the, that address out. If it's fine, we'll mark it in green and we'll send a list of all addresses that have been marked in green to our concrete cutter. We contract him out to do all of the cutting. So the city pays for that. And then once he's done, we come back out with an auger and it's kind of just like a giant drill bit and it will dig the holes so that our volunteers don't have to actually dig the holes that the trees go in. But this gives us an opportunity to make sure that there aren't any like actual gas lines in the basin that we missed. Um, just like a last inspection. Um, and that will happen the Friday before the planting. So the day before the planting. Um, we'll assess all the basins. We'll send out compost uh, to fill the basins. Um, just because the soil here is so terrible, we have to like supplement it with some compost. And then the day of the planting happens. So we all descend upon a neighbor's house. <laughs> some poor... <laughs> sweet benevolent person that lets us store our trees in their backyard we'll just descend upon at 8 a.m and we'll unload all of our tools we'll load up our trees into trucks and then they go and get sent out they're dropped off where they'll be planted and then our volunteers will go and plant them and then they come back and we have a potluck and celebrate eat some food talk with our volunteers and then we call it a day yeah it's it's a process yeah, it seems very involved. It seems like you have to work with quite a lot of partners, like the city and, um, you know, all these volunteers and the people that work for uh, Friends of the Urban Forest. And uh, but that's that's awesome. That's awesome. So it's I think it speaks a lot to the fact that you have volunteers that have been with you guys for so long that they keep coming back and. Um, you know, they're, they're definitely getting fulfillment out of what they're doing, and they like it. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Good. You got any questions, concerns? Anyone need some water? Yeah, we're fine. Nice. That's a beautiful tree. Yeah, it's beautiful. Do you know the species? London Plain. It's a sycamore. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Good? Yeah. All right, thanks. Give me a call if you have any questions. They're just like London Plain. <laughs> I, I like, I am touching these trees. I am breathing these trees. I find their leaves in my hair every night. I am one with these trees. <laughs> it's a very intimate relationship. I noticed that there were some kids planting on that one. Yeah. 
so you guys get some kid volunteers too? We do. Sometimes like like kids that have volunteer hours that they have to fulfill will come and plant at our events. We've had some people even come out, like some like 13 year olds come out and be planting leaders and like do the whole training so that they could like lead groups on their own, which is kind of funny to imagine like a little kid leading a bunch of adults. Cause if like something wrong were to happen, like he's not going to be in charge. <laughs> he's 13. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get like a huge range of volunteers. We have a volunteer who has been with the friends of the urban forest since it started in the eighties. And he's like, probably like in his 80s himself and still comes out to every single planting wow yeah it's kind of really impressive it is oh do you need to answer that okay hey mark hey what's up i had a neighbor coming out saying that the other neighbor don't want the trees but she's at work um okay so she just said that her neighbor doesn't want the tree but Okay, we can just not cut it then. I'll get in contact with you probably Tuesday and let you know if I have anything. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Bye. Thanks, bye. Yeah. So, so that happens quite a bit? Yeah, so like people can come out and tell us that they don't want us to plant their tree. And so we won't plant it. The city will eventually come out and actually plant the tree, but we give them the opportunity to say no to us because we're a community-based organization. Um, but usually, like, people won't realize what's happening until their concrete's being cut, and then they, like, come outside and they, like, yell at our concrete cutter, <laughs> which happens a lot. But, you know, it happens almost every day that we get an address that says they don't want a tree, and so it's kind of hard to, like, keep in contact with all of our different contractors um, so that's like, we have just started recently planting without homeowners, like permission. So like, we're still trying to figure out like, how do we deal with that? We're growing a lot. So what do you think it is? Like, why, why do you think people don't want trees planted in front of their place? Like to me, that seems like a no brainer, but I mean, what have you heard and what have you learned from working with people like that? So we've actually like looked into we keep a record of all of the addresses who've said they don't want a tree and their reasoning why and then we've calculated what was the most popular reason why and people don't like trash they're actual like the word is litter meaning leaf litter or like trash trash because san francisco like it's a big city there are a lot of people walking around everywhere and if they see dirt to them they're like oh that's where the trash goes so like dogs will pee in their basins people just throw trash there the leaf litter so a lot of people don't want litter the second one is they're afraid that the roots are going to mess up their utility lines because it's going to cost them thousands of dollars to get it fixed that one i think is the most rational reason and then the last is parking actually we have a good example right in front of us it's so hard to find parking in san francisco that people who have houses will actually just park their cars on the sidewalk and if you put a tree there they can't park their car there so a lot of people say no because of that <laughs> gotcha yeah it's complicated it is a web it's just like all of these moving parts it's very hard to keep track of so what is your i mean because you gave justifications i guess homeowners that don't want trees planted in front of their houses um you have sort of the average you know like reasoning 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, what do you what do you say to that? Like, what do you think mm-hmm. is the like? How do I combat it? Yeah, like how how do you combat that? But I mean, like h- how do you sort of I don't know justify what you guys are doing, mm-hmm. sort of yeah. in, in a way. So, like, it depends on the argument. So, if it's parking, in all honesty. Like, it's up to the planting manager's discretion. Like, when someone... When they're, like, faced with an unhappy homeowner who doesn't want a tree, it's up to us to decide, like, how hard we want to fight for that tree and, like, how much we want to convince them. Like, we're coming into these low-income neighborhoods and we are physically taking property from them and making it into something we want it to be. And, like, I... Like, as a black woman, I don't... I don't feel comfortable forcing a tree on someone. Like, that's their home. They've lived here for a really long time. Like, if they want to park on the sidewalk, I I understand. Like, I feel like it's got to be this balance of, like, what does the homeowner want and, like, what's better for the environment. And I'm not going to play the, like you know like I'm not gonna play the like environment is more important than like justice card like I really think that if you say no you should be heard so Terrence the other planting manager he will argue with them he will convince them he lives in San Francisco he's a San Francisco native like he lives in one of the neighborhoods that we constantly plant so I think he has like I don't know like more of like an understanding of like their point of view so he's really good at like like coming up with counter arguments so an example will be like he'll say why do you not want this tree and they'll say we you know I don't want the roots like breaking my underground lines is really expensive and he'll say well we specifically pick trees that don't do that so like you don't have to worry about that because you know it's not it's not something that we've overlooked in picking these species or if they say like someone might trip on the open basin and then sue them well now the sidewalk is under the city's liability so a lot of people don't know that so we'll educate them on that if they say litter there's no what are you going to tell them it's not going to happen it is going to happen so like we don't that one you we don't have a counter argument for and i think that's fair because it does attract a lot of litter like you can see that basin right there it's like milk jugs in it um and then the last one parking i don't i don't think terrence argues that one either he knows it's hard it's hard to park in San Francisco it's weird picking a car over a tree but (laughs) (laughs) but you have to balance it it's like what are you gonna do go in the Amazon rainforest and tell people that they can't cut down this like tree they use for medicine because we have to save trees like who are we to tell people what to do right (laughs) I mean that goes back to the bigger issue of, of yeah green gentrification and I guess what do you see the value of planting trees in these urban areas I I actually do think it provides a lot of um, like mental health benefits. Like I like seeing beautiful trees. Like everyone likes seeing beautiful trees. When you go into a neighborhood that has like mature, gorgeous trees, like you can just tell it's like the people who live there like care about this neighborhood, and like you get to enjoy your space. Um, and I just don't. I don't think that people who live in San Francisco interact with nature enough. Like everything is concrete. Everything is like driveways and tar and streets and muni lines. So like there are very, like I can go, if I'm not at work, I can go days without seeing dirt. (laughs) 
which is so weird to me. So, like, actually planting these trees in the city is just kind of bringing people back to, like, that natural state that I think is really important. I mean, maybe they don't appreciate it and they don't, like, interact with it the same way I do, but it still has those, like, passive benefits. Like, it's just it's just calming to be around a tree, mm-hmm. I think. So I think that's a good one. I mean, of course, your basic environmental services, ecosystem services, uh, carbon sequestration, water filtration, the huge, <laughs> the huge. <laughs> <laughs> but it sort of seems like um, there's, you get benefits out of actually physically putting in the tree. You know, you get to touch dirt, you get to work with a, a living plant. Um, you get to, you know, kind of get it in a good position and you get excited to see it grow and and then once it's planted there's you know the the second level of benefits you know all those environmental benefits and then you talked about wellness and mental health benefits um even if it's subconscious you know someone who's not really paying attention um but maybe you know if if we were to take out all the trees in san francisco it would be a very different place, you know? And I think, I think, you know, seeing green, seeing life, even, you know, among trash or among, um, you know, like poverty, um, things like that really does make a difference. Totally. Especially like the planting the tree itself. When homeowners come out and plant the trees themselves, it's so sweet. They are so excited, but the best, the best, and this happens almost at every planting where someone just had a baby and they're getting a tree planted at the same time. And like, I love just imagining as that kid grows up and that tree grows up, like they like mature at the same rate. I think it's so cute. (laughs) So people are like, oh, we just had a baby. I'm like, oh, and you just got a tree. Like you get to watch them grow together. (laughs) And I think they agree. Maybe they think I'm weird for thinking. (laughs) But I, yeah, they're are like like even planting the tree itself I think it's like you also just like learn a lot about a tree when you plant a tree like you don't ever see the roots of a tree that often and I think when people like realize like the whole root system like how complex the tree is we do root and um, structural pruning when we're planting so all of our volunteers are probably like interacting with parts of a tree they've never interacted with before and I think that's really important and cool um I love root pruning (laughs) (laughs) nerd (laughs) it's fun you get to make all these like decisions like you're a surgeon or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, so these are pretty mature trees here Mm -hmm. these palms yeah those big palms big palms and these are some Brisbane boxes up ahead yeah, it, it would look like a very different city mm. without trees. We have some, like, really cool side-by-side photos of neighborhoods that we've planted in and, like, before we planted and then, like, 20 years after we planted. Because Fuff has been around for almost 40 years now, so, like, we can see fully mature trees that we've put in the ground. And so I love those side-by-side comparisons. They look like—it looks like a completely different block which is nice. And we also work block to block. Mm-hmm. So like we are planting multiple trees on a block. So it, like overnight the space is just transformed. I'm scared. Yeah. People in San Francisco drive a little wonky. Yeah, they scare me. And we're always driving these like big trucks through the city just like lumbering around. I'm terrified at all times. So do you think that um planting trees increases the property value? Yeah, actually. So I actually read this really interesting study and it 
because we say in our like meetings when we sell these trees like they're not like for sale for money but just like convincing people to get a tree we'll say like it lowers uh crime rates in the neighborhood and i i looked up a study and it said that having smaller trees like small trees actually increases crime rates because it gives people like more places to hide behind but having mature trees in a neighborhood like shows that people actually care about their their like neighborhood it just like looks completely it changes the entire energy of that space um it's actually like it's like a good and bad thing because like it leads back to that green gentrification so it totally does increase property value especially over time but like is that pushing people out of the neighborhood this is a really big issue that i'm like very driven to look into more at fuff we've been like talking about it oh my god that hawthorne died oh we just planted that one oh um like how do you increase the property value without pricing out the people who live there Mm -hmm. um it's very hard and we're still looking into it we've seen some examples where it's worked but it requires like a lot of community engagement and you have to have like grassroots organizations within that community advocating for like the greening of that neighborhood um which is what we are doing and we work with the bayview hunters point family a lot of our employees actually come from this neighborhood with a health and wellness fair that we're holding we're holding it in conjunction with the bayview um hunters point family so we are trying we don't want to come in and be like, hey, we're a nonprofit that's going to give you trees and then price you out of your neighborhood. We're like, we are a nonprofit that's going to give your neighborhood the tools and the ability to green your space. So, like, it's up to you. And so, like, maybe in the long run, it does price, like, these neighborhoods out. But it's like, people have a say. Mm-hmm. Like, at least you have a say. But maybe we need to do more. I think we yeah. need to do more. And it's, it's not like planting the trees... And the goal is to increase the property value. And that just seems like a sort of of residual byproduct of planting the trees. Um, Unfortunately, yeah, good and bad. That's that's tricky. It's it's tricky because I don't think we often think about about that as a form of gentrification. Mm -hmm. It's disheartening because it's like you you just want to come in and do good. You're like, what's the harm? I'm just planting trees. There's a lot of harm, unfortunately. And it's like generational harm it's like long-term planning like you can never foresee what's gonna happen when you plant a tree it's got a 50-year lifespan (laughs) minimum what's gonna happen in 50 years you have no idea we like so the like most popular tree of san francisco is the ficus tree it's like what you think when you like what you imagine when you think of a san francisco block you're imagining ficus trees and so that was a big deal. People were planting ficus trees like crazy. And we find out that they have really poor, like, um, structural morphology. And branches will now just sporadically fall and crush cars and kill people. Oh, gosh. But we didn't know that. <laughs> Nobody knew that when we planted the trees. We're just finding out now and we're having to, like, pay for it. We're ha- Literally, like, the city invested millions of dollars into the removal of these trees. And then, in turn funded millions of dollars to replant these trees which is good but like so learning as 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 you go yeah you just can't predict the future but i mean as we're going through these neighborhoods we're just sort of circling back i'm seeing so many of the trees that you guys have planted um and some of them are mature like some of them are are 
pretty well established. Some of them are brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool that you can easily identify them with the, the placards that you have on them. Yeah. Um, just like letting people know, um, you know, where they're coming from. But a lot of these houses individually have really good, um, green spaces yeah. around them, you know, individuals that are just like interested in, in plants. Like that one has a really nice garden. That one has a nice roof garden. I see roses. I see. So, I mean, that tells me that there are people, you know, there are city people that are interested in plant life and interested in green spaces and interested in having, um, flora to look at and it's important to them, you know? So, and I, I think, often we just assume that, um, lower income people don't care about the environment and lower income people don't care about, you you know, those, those types of things. Um, so I I don't know. I think it's complicated. (laughs) You know, it's funny. Like one of our biggest like supporters are usually like grandmas. Grandmas are like little gardeners. It's like little garden fairies. (laughs) They're like, so excited about the trees and they'll they like will know so much about plants and they'll have these like gorgeous backyards with like these gorgeous like flower beds and like all these plants and they are usually like our biggest advocate the woman we are housing our trees at now she's an older female and like she's like oh she's supported us for years so it's like grandmas and then millennials <laughs> those are our two biggest advocates grandmas and millennials i think you should change the name of your organization <laughs> the grandmas and millennials of the urban forest <laughs> i'm gabe somebody once called us the dictators of the urban forest and to the we i'm i had my friend make a cross stitch that said that and i have it hanging in my house wow. i'm guessing they weren't supportive oh no we we have a lot of people who don't like us because like I mean depending on who the project manager is sometimes it's just like a young white woman walking into a neighborhood of predominantly minorities and taking property like taking chunks of sidewalk out and putting a tree there and so like people see that and they are especially in the Bayview people get mad I like almost think that I should be the only one who comes up here because <laughs> people are really nice to me in the Bayview. They're like, "Oh, look at that cute little black girl planting trees!" Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. so like it like it really does depend the face that yeah. they see. That's the importance of representation, though, and we can get into a whole nother thing about lack of representation. Black women go into forestry. <laughs> Lack of representation in the environmental sector and environmental professionals. Uh, Both of us are black women, environmental professionals who struggle a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I think if we had, you know, more POCs out here, um, not to knock anyone who's out here, you know, doing, um, you know, these plantings. I think this is a really good thing. But, you know, if these neighborhoods saw people that looked like them doing these things, you know, there's a diff- there's definitely a level of like, like seeing eye to eye a lot. It just breaks those walls down a lot faster mm-hmm. and not to say that, you know, you can't get there with a non POC, but it definitely helps. It's a game changer. Like, I mean, I'm black. I do well in the Bayview. Well, we have neighborhoods that are ma- majority Chinese and one of our planting managers Terrence is Chinese and he speaks Cantonese and like it is it's like a make or break for a neighborhood if 
they speak mostly Chinese and Terrence is there because if Terrence is there, he can talk to them. But if not, there is now a like language barrier. And interestingly enough, um, in feng shui, planting a tree in front of your house is it blocks the energy. So like a lot of the times people will see us come out and they're like, no, and they don't know how to tell us like, no, they just keep saying no. But if Terrence is there, he can like talk to them about it and they'll be like, well, feng shui, you shouldn't do this. And if that's the case, we need to respect that. That's like a cultural, like, like a uh, norm. Like, how are we going to come in and just ruin your energy mm-hmm. like that? So it does help a lot to have people who speak Mandarin, people who speak Spanish, people who speak Amharic, you know, people who like, are not just volunteers with us he goes and volunteers with somewhere else he'll literally like plant trees here and then go to another volunteer event i'm like wow we talked about the process and the coordination. I guess I want to know more about why is like why do you get up in the morning and do what you do? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. part of the outro. part uh, I love working for nonprofits because it's like, very community based and I don't know I just love seeing people really excited about getting a tree in front of their house and I love being able to give them trees yeah literally perfect um, so where can people find more information about Fuff online <laughs> wait can we do <laughs> you coughed sorry <laughs> so where can people find more information about Fuff online? You can go to www.friendsoftheurbanforest.com. If you want a tree and you live in the city of San Francisco, you can look under greening services uh, and tree planting. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Serena. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed hanging out with me and my friend Zema on this episode of the Eyes on Conservation podcast. This episode was recorded and edited by me, Serena Simons, and a special thanks to Friends of the Urban Forest for letting me tag along for the day, as well as to all their amazing volunteers. If you haven't already donated to the show, head on over to patreon.com slash wildlenscollective. Your cheerleading and support is so, so important to the show and helps us continue to make these high quality episodes. For additional show notes of this episode and to see photos of Zema and the planting day, visit wildlandsinc.org slash EOC 188. I'm Serena Simons. See you next time. Eyes on
We want to hear from you. We make these shows because we're passionate about the subject matter. We care about what happens to these animals. We care about what happens to these ecosystems, what happens to the planet, and each other too. But we know that you do too. We also make these shows because of you. The Eyes on Conservation podcast truly is about connecting all of us. I think he's talking to you. So the next time you hear something that makes you laugh out loud or makes you cry, has you question the world a little bit, or just makes you go, hmm, let us know. We want to include your voice and your thoughts on future episodes. Here's how. Take out your smartphone and open the recording app on it. On an iPhone, it's called Voice Memos. On an Android, you can download Smart Voice Recorder or something similar. Hit the record button and hold the phone just like you would if you were talking to us on the other end. Or hold it about four inches from your face. Just don't get too close to the mic. You'll know it's recording because the waveform will start to dance around and the timer will start a ticking. Here's the good part. Tell us whatever you want to tell us. Tell us who you are and what you do all day, what your story is. The point is, we want to hear you. When you hit stop, save the file with something descriptive, like your name and the date. Then open that file right there on the same app and look for a little square with an arrow poking out the top. This is how you share the file. From there, you can select the email app on your device, and if there is something specific you want to talk to us about, just jot a little note down for us. Then email it to info at wildlensinc.org. Boom. It's that easy. Oh, look. Here comes one now. Oh, my goodness. That Gregory Haddock is just the most charming young man I ever heard. Oh, shucks. Thank you, kind lady. We hope to hear from you soon. 